Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way, then Renaissance Bank may be a good choice for you. I know it is for me and my clients. I've found that in terms of the clients that I have that work with Renaissance, uh, they've been terrific. So if you are looking for a better banking experience for your business, Go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices, and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan is with the FinCEN Report Company. Jonathan, welcome. John, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you back. You were you were on... Uh, what, a year ago or something like that? And it was our first half of last year. Yeah, yeah, first yeah. half of last year. And you were, at that time, sharing some important information on the Corporate Transparency Act. So, that's right. Well, let's uh, get into what that's all about. Sure. Well, uh, anyone who listened from last year will remember that the Corporate Transparency Act was a law that was adopted by Congress at the end of 2020. When we spoke before, all we had were draft regulations from the Treasury Department. They hadn't yet become final. Mm -hmm. Well, now that's changed. At the end of September, the Treasury Department gave us a final set of regulations, so we now know uh, exactly when this law is going to take effect and exactly what is going to be required. So now is the time for businesses to begin to get ready uh, to comply with the CTA. Yeah. So what is the CTA? What, when, when, what's the purpose of it, for those that didn't hear that show? Absolutely. So the purpose of the Corporate Transparency Act is for the U.S. Treasury Department to build this big database of companies so that they know who the beneficial owners are. And the reason for that is to help the government fight money laundering. Mm-hmm. In Europe, for many years now, it's been the practice that a company is going to have on file with the government a copy of their cap table, basically a, a database, a spreadsheet, uh, to say who owns that company. So that way, if uh, the government thinks that there's some wrongdoing going on with the company, they know, they know who to talk to. They, they know who the beneficial owners are. That hasn't been the case in the United States. In the United States, and still today, we have anonymous corporate ownership. Mm-hmm. I could go down to the Georgia Secretary of State today, form a new corporation. They might know that my name is on the paper from signing it as the organizer, but the government doesn't know who truly owns it. Well, all of that is going to change with the Corporate Transparency Act. Once this law takes effect on January 1, 2024, every company that is formed thereafter is going to have to file within 30 calendar days a document that provides five key pieces of information about every beneficial owner. And every company that exists before January 1, 2024 is going to have one year from that date to get their first Mm. report on file. And what are those five pieces of information? The five pieces of information, and these are all fairly personal, the the sort of information that you wouldn't ordinarily, you know, put on your business card, but it's your full legal name, Mm -hmm. your date of birth, your home address, and then a unique identifying number, which could be either your driver's license number or your passport, along with an image file of the driver's license or the passport that has your name, your picture, and that unique number on it. So Mm. those five things. And for a lot of people, you know, date of birth, 
full uh, legal name, home residence. That's the sort of stuff that you think of as a precursor to identity theft. Sure. You would ordinarily, ordinarily want to keep that confidential. Well, uh, it is still confidential for you, but it's also going to be on this government form that goes into a government database maintained by the Treasury Department. And the Treasury Department is going to make that data available uh, to banks under certain situations, uh, as well as to law enforcement. So that if there's ever a question about whether this particular corporation is laundering money, uh, they're going to know exactly who the beneficial owners are. They're going to have some some doors that they can knock on and some phones that they can call to ask some questions. I can hear some uh, business owners now that really don't want their investors' uh, to, the information to be publicized. So these five key pieces of information and the identity of those investors themselves, this will not be publicly available. It's just available to the treasury department. Is that it? It will not be publicly available. Okay. It'll be maintained in this database by the treasury department, mm-hmm. but FBI, ATF, DEA, they'll be able to access it with, with very few restrictions. Uh, and then banks will also be able to access it. So today, if you go to a bank like Renaissance bank here and you fill out your application to open a new bank account, they're going to give you their KYC or know your customer form. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ask very similar information. Who owns your company? What percentage do they own? What is their address? What is their social security number? Questions like that. The bank that has your account uh, is probably going to start asking for your permission to also look at your FinCEN report to make sure that the information you're telling the Treasury Department is the same as the information you gave the bank. So with that permission in hand, banks will be able to get your FinCEN report directly from the U S treasury department. A lot to, a lot to get used to here, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Well, we're not yeah. used to thinking about information that way. And it, it, it really changes a, a large aspect of the dynamic between the business management and the business investors. Mm-hmm. Usually investors think about themselves as being the recipients of information. Hey company, we want to know financial results. We want to know your balance sheet. We want to know your business plan. Now information is going to go two ways because company is going to have to request from investors name, address, date of birth. And here's one of the important things about the new law. The new law requires the company to amend its report within 30 days after any piece of previously reported data changes. Mm. So your, your, your small business gets their first uh, FinCEN report done. It's got everybody's name, address, and so on. And then someone changes their address. Bang. That starts a clock running. Mm-hmm. So how is the company supposed to know that shareholder Johnson has just changed their address right. or shareholder Smith has renewed their driver's license and the number has changed. There's going to have to be a system in place. There's going to have to be a contract in place between the investors and the company that obligate the company to provide, obligate the investors to provide that information to the company, obligate the company to keep that information safe and secure, appoint somebody at the company, the job of filling out the fence and report, filling out the amendment, keeping track of the dates of all the changes. All of that work is going to have to get done before everything takes effect on January 1, 2024. And as you and I were chatting about before we came on the air, uh, this is going to require amendments of operating agreements. Uh, This is going to take some time for a lot of companies to be able to put this in place. And their investors, uh, some of them are going to balk, right? That's right. It's it's going to be a challenge. I mean, I probably organize about 100 corporations and LLCs a year. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a lot of operating agreements. Uh, Before I learned about the Corporate Transparency Act, I never had an operating agreement in which the investors were obligated to tell the company about changes in their home address within 30 days after it happened. 
Now I do. I've got a, a template for this that I'm putting into new operating agreements. I'm giving it to, to, to clients who are doing uh, shareholders agreements. Uh, and it, it basically has that transfer of information back and forth. It's, it's a whole page worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell the client it's a good idea to have a compliance officer appointed. So we know who's going to be responsible for this stuff. Right. Uh, have the compliance officer report to the board of directors from time to time to see how the compliance effort is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this, this law has teeth to it. You know, if he, the company doesn't get its report done on time, it's a $500 per day fine. Uh, if FinCEN thinks that there is a willful failure to file or a willful failure to file accurate information, it can be a felony punishable by up to two years in jail. So if I'm an investor in a company, I want to know who's responsible for this, and I want to make sure that they're uh, on the ball and getting it done on time. Yeah, for sure. So you um, – I guess the uh, – one. One question I have is just how you mentioned how this changes the relationship between investors and management of a company. Um, how else does this change the fundamental way companies would do business? Well, uh, I think business companies are going to have to be much more aware about who owns them uh, and the identity of their owners. Uh, it used to be that uh, it was possible to be a silent partner. Well, there really won't be any silent partners anymore. Right. Uh, Everyone who is a beneficial owner, as defined in the law, is going to have to have those five pieces of information on file. Uh, So there really isn't going to be a silent partner anymore. Yeah, and and there, I mean, this exists today. I mean, a lot of people file; uh, they form an LLC to be the actual investor in a company, but that LLC uh, is going to have to disclose as well, right? So it's a daisy chain. It is a daisy chain. That's uh, the the definition of beneficial owner uh, goes all the way to the individual. So mm-hmm. if you have an LLC that has two members, each of which are LLCs, we don't stop at that first level of LLC ownership. We keep going right. until we get to all the individual natural persons right. uh, that are the beneficial owners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Wilson is with us, folks. He is the uh, co-founder. He's a business attorney with uh, Taylor English. He's also co-founder and CEO of the FinCEN Report Company. And uh, that's where I was going next. Um, you do an eloquent job at explaining the problem, but you've, you've, you're coming with a solution here. So let's that's talk true. about that's the true. FinCEN Report Company. That's and and th- this is how you've responded uh, to try to help people. That's right. So uh, for, for more information about the FinCEN Report Company, people need to go to, to our website, FINCENReport.com. Uh, and the idea behind it was, as I found out about this law you know, a year and a half ago, I was thinking, you know, government's not really great at launching websites. Mm-hmm. Think about the Obamacare website. Right. They launched it. They spent a billion dollars building the thing, and it crashed. Uh, the website that FinCEN is going to launch to collect all this data is going to be built for a tiny fraction of that amount of money, and it's going to be collecting data from about 30 million different companies. Mm. And those 30 million companies have – we don't really know how many, could be 80, 90, 100 million individuals. So this is going to be a big database, and there are going to be a lot of people pounding on that government server. How well is that going to work? Yeah, I, I hope it works well, um, but I have a hunch that there are going to be some challenges. Mm-hmm. And so the whole purpose behind the FinCEN Report Company is to make it easier for businesses to organize their data, collaborate among their beneficial owners, get their report ready to file, so when the time comes for filing, uh, it, it is as smooth as it can be. Mm-hmm. The other key thing that we do, uh, you know, it's one thing to take the government form 
and have all of your shareholders get together over coffee and fill out their name and their address and all that. And okay, now our form is ready to go. Someone can fax it into the government. But now you've shared your confidential information with all of your other beneficial owners and investors. You might not want to do that. Right. Yeah. You might trust them enough to, to let their, their check clear, but you might not want them knowing your home address, your date of birth. Uh, so what we could do at FinCEN Report Company is we allow each individual to have their own personal data locker. So you can go out to the to FinCENReport.com today, click on the button where it says get started, and for free, you can input your name and all of your information, and it's in your own data locker. It is encrypted on the Amazon Web Services server that we use, mm-hmm. and it is yours forever. Uh, you can delete it. You can edit it. You can do whatever you want with it. There is no charge. Mm. Now, let's say you have an LLC that you're a member of, and it requires your information. Have the LLC go to FinCENReport.com, create a company account, and as part of the process, the person who is keying in the information for the company is going to have to identify your name and your email address along with the name and the email of every other beneficial owner in the company. Now, as soon as that's done, the software is going to message you over in your personal account and say, John Ray, this LLC over here has asked to include your data in its report. Do you give your consent? You can say no, in which case you're going to have a conversation. Or you can say yes. If you say yes, your data will be included in the report, but the individual who's actually typing in the information for their company account, they don't know your data. Mm. They know that it's there. They know it's included, but they don't know your date of birth. They don't know your home address. That's how you can maintain confidentiality and still collaborate and comply with this new law. That is the one thing that we make possible that no government website ever will. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, so what you're saying is, is that, um, let's say I have a company with, I don't know, 150 members in in the LLC, the partnership, what have you. So um, I can send that, that notice out as the company, open my account through FinCEN, send the notice out to all 150, and then uh, I get 75 back, and then I, I've got time to work on the other 75 between now and the time this law goes, goes uh, live. That's right. And, yeah. and, and it will take time. Yeah. You know, 30 million companies are going to be subject to this thing. Uh, today is January the 9th. Uh, you've got 354 more days to go. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and if every single one of those 30 million companies picked up the phone and called their lawyer today, it's, it's going to take months. Absolutely. To get it all done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and the reality of it, is, Jonathan, is that, um, you know, a lot of investors have a lot of different interests out there, right? So, uh, and they get solicited and they may make a new investment. And so when they do, they're able just to give their um, FinCEN account information to that new company, right? And say, hey, this is this is where you can find my identifying information. Again, encrypted and confidential and include that in their report. That's exactly right. In fact, I, I did a podcast not long ago for a, a firm that, that focuses on private equity investment. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm telling uh, PE investors is that they ought to have uh, an account with FinCENReport.com and then go tell all of their portfolio companies to go follow suit, create the company accounts there, and that way the data will be readily available. The, the PE company won't have to enter it twice. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, so what, who are the, uh, you mentioned um, the company, uh, companies themselves. Who else are others that would initiate this account? I mean, you're a business attorney, so I automatically think about business attorneys, right? That's right. That's right. Well, business attorneys, I think, are are a key part of the strategy. Uh, 
for, for me, for example, I have somewhere between three and 400 companies that I've organized that are still active. Uh, every one of those is going to be looking for information about this. Uh, what we're offering, what FinCEN Report Company is offering to law firms is that give us a list of companies with contact names and emails, and we'll go send a special welcome letter to those uh, clients of yours that references your law firm. Uh, we'll give them a button to click on to get started to, to enter their data, create an account. But we'll tell them if they have any legal questions, call you know, John Ray at the John Ray Law Firm, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. uh, with all those legal questions because yeah. it will be complicated. Right. Uh, the, the law does not require that every single owner of a company have their data included. It requires every beneficial owner. And the, the word beneficial owner is a special definition. Mm-hmm. It means everyone who owns 25% or more or anyone else who exercises substantial control. And I'm making air quotes around substantial control right. because the definition of substantial control is itself a page long. Mm. So that's where the call your attorney for more advice comes right. in because every one of those 30 million companies is going to have to have a conversation with attorney about who are the people that have substantial control as defined in this new regulation. I'm glad you brought that up because I think I I may have left an implication that may be incorrect, and I want to get to that. You know, I use the example of a, a company that's got 150 investors. Not all those investors would have beneficial ownership, right? So it's right. maybe not every one of those investors. It may not be even a majority of those investors, right? So let's let's imagine we've got two LLCs, and each uh-huh. one has 150 investors. Mm-hmm. And let's assume that the ownership of all 150 is is equal. So nobody has more than 25%. Mm-hmm. That, that knocks out the first prong of beneficial owner. The next question is, do any of the 150 have substantial control? Let's imagine in company A, there is a manager. John Ray is the manager. Mm-hmm. He makes all the decision. He can merge the company, borrow money, put liens on its assets. He can do any of those things without getting the consent of any of those investors. In that example, for company A, none of those 150 have uh, have substantial control, so none of them would qualify as beneficial owners. None of them would have their data included. Imagine company B, John Ray is the manager, but he can't borrow more than $1,000 without the consent. He can't have a merger without the consent of the members. He can't do any other material transaction without the consent of the members. And let's assume that everybody has an equal vote. Now, every one of those 150 mm. does have substantial control because they have the power to exercise influence over important decisions. And those are some of the examples in the regulation. Every one of those 150 would need to be included. Yeah. But that distinction about what's substantial control and what is not, that's a legal decision. My, my company isn't going to tell you whether you have substantial control or not. You're still going to have to talk to your lawyer about that. And it's going to require your lawyer to look at your shareholders agreement, your operating agreement, whatever other documents you have in place to make that legal decision about substantial control. And given the penalties, you better have that right. Exactly. (laughs) You don't want to guess. Right. And there's no safe Harbor. It's not like, well, I'll include everybody just for the heck of it. And maybe that'll protect me. It might, it might not. Yeah. Uh, if, If you're wrong, you're wrong. $500 per day, fine. Felony conviction. If you did it on purpose. Mm hmm. So I wouldn't want to gamble with that. If those are the stakes. Yeah, and uh, and this 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 law supersedes anything in a, an operating agreement that um, in that operating agreement would, would require some sort of confidentiality, right? I mean, it, 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 the law supersedes all that. That's right. That's right. In the same way that the tax code supersedes whatever contract you and I might strike, right. uh, the companies are going to have to comply with this uh, no matter what the operating agreement says. You mentioned business attorneys. 
Um, you also mentioned private equity funds, so I can see how they would be pretty interested in making sure all their portfolio investments are um, compliant. That's right. Uh, I, I expect that uh, this is going to become something that's on everybody's checklist uh, to make sure that you have a process in place to be compliant with the Corporate Transparency Act. I've already seen bank term sheets for, for new loans where in addition to all the usual stuff that a bank says on a term sheet for a loan, the bank says, okay, borrower, you also hereby agree that we have your consent to go pull your FinCEN report, just like I mentioned, and you're going to have a process in place to ensure that you're in compliance with the Corporate Transparency Act. Mm -hmm. So banks are aware of it, and they're already beginning uh, to roll these uh, compliance obligations down to their borrowers. Jonathan is Wilson. Jonathan Wilson was with us, folks. Easy for me to say. He is the co-founder and CEO of the FinCEN Report Company, bringing us good news about the added added regulation and and reporting. I'm being uh, uh, tongue firmly in cheek on that one. Uh, uh, That that is coming our way uh, if you're involved in any company. And really, uh, we're talking about single member LLCs. I mean, we're, we're this, there's not some safe Harbor around size of company, right? So there are uh, exemptions okay. for some types of companies that will not have to file okay. a report. In fact, there are 23 separate categories of exemption. Uh, can't list them all here. Every one involves some kind of an entity that is regulated by the government in some way that allows the government to know who the owners are. So for example, a publicly traded company, if your stock is listed on the NASDAQ or the, the New York Stock Exchange, that company will not have to file. A wholly owned subsidiary of a publicly traded company mm-hmm. also will not have to file. Banks don't have to file. Credit unions don't have to file. Uh, licensed securities brokers and dealers don't have to file. Mm. Uh, there's a long list of, of entities like that. Uh, but unless you fall into one of those 23 categories, which, by the way, are all listed at, at FinCENReport.com, and we have a, a whole page to dedicated to each one to outline what they are. Unless you fall into one of those exemption categories, uh, if you are a company that's organized in the U.S. or a non-U.S. company that is qualified to do business in the U.S., you are subject to this new law, and you are going to have to find a way to comply. Mm. And so most it sounds like most single-member LLCs are going to have to comply. That is correct. Yeah. Oh, single member, multi-member, the number of members doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, now, one exemption that probably will apply to many medium-sized businesses is what FinCEN calls the large operating company. I don't like that word because these companies are not always going to be so large. Uh, this exemption has three prongs to it. One is that the company has at least 20 or more full-time employees in the United States. The second is that the company has a physical operating presence in the United States, an office. Third is that the company has $5 million or more in adjustable gross income for the preceding tax year. So that's, that's going to be a lot of companies, 5 million bucks, 20 employees, place of business. There are going to be pizza parlors that qualify as exempt under the large operating company. Mm. There will be HVAC installers and so on that qualify uh, under that exemption. Uh, those folks will not have to uh, file their FinCEN report. The idea is that they're large enough that with 20 employees and a place of business, government can just show up at the door and knock if they want to find out who's in charge. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that I was going to ask for the rationale behind that exemption, but I get what you're saying. 
Exactly. Yeah. So uh, uh, picture your, your favorite pizza parlor that has 20 employees and a place of business and more than 5 million bucks in revenue. Mm-hmm. If the government thinks there's money laundering going on, they'll show up at the pizza parlor and, and ask who's in charge. Right. This law, though, will cover every other corporation and LLC that doesn't meet each of those three requirements. Now, the other tricky thing is if you're a company that just barely made it, let's say you, you were 5.1 million in revenues last year and 2023 turns out to be a recession year, and maybe you have to let go a few employees. So by the end of the year, you only have 19, not 20, or you only have 4.9 million and not five. Now you lost your exemption. Mm. Now you have 30 days in which to file your first report. All right. So if you're close to the, uh, close to the line, don't lose track of this requirement because the facts could change and your filing status might change. Mm. A lot to think about for sure. Um, so what, here we are sitting in, as you say, we've got 350 some days uh, left before the law uh, goes into effect. So what should those listening to this show today, what should they do? Sure. Well, <clears throat> I'm encouraging law firms to start the process now. Make sure that they're up to speed on the law. Select a tool that they're going to use to help their clients organize data. Obviously, that's something that we at the FinCEN Report company are doing We will uh, have a law firm import their data into our system. We will send out welcome emails to their clients. Uh, The welcome email tells the client to call the law firm if they have legal questions, but to click on the button to start inputting their data. That's something that law firms can do. Business owners, uh, first of all, if you're listening to this podcast and you're aware of the Corporate Transparency Act, you're you're ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. You've done more than most. About 30 million companies are going to have to file. And if you're an owner of one of those, my suggestion is, number one, make sure that you are aware of the law. Number two, pull together your cap table. Who, who does own your company? Do you have all the paperwork in place? Or is this something that you've been running on a handshake and maybe now's the time to get a written operating agreement done? You know, Plenty of LLCs don't have a written operating agreement yet. Third, contact your lawyer. Okay? Even if you have a written operating agreement and you know who the beneficial owners are, you're going to want to have that conversation with your lawyer about substantial control. Because not every owner is a beneficial owner for purposes of law. You're going to have to go through the analysis to find out who has substantial control. And that's going to be a a legal determination that you have to make with your lawyer. Once you've gotten that far, now you're you're doing great, but you're not quite done. Mm -hmm. I think you want to put together a policy about how you're going to comply, who's going to be responsible for complying, how is that person going to report up to the board of directors or whoever is in charge about the progress, and then keep in mind that January 1 of 2024 deadline and be prepared to file your report uh, within the year that follows that, uh, that implementation date. You do all those things, and, and I think you've set yourself up for some success. Now, one more thing you'll have to do, though. Yeah. After you file that first report, remember the 30-day rule. Right. Any of those pieces of data should change. You have only 30 days from the date of the change, not the date you become aware of the change, the date the change occurs. So you're going to want to have an amendment to your operating agreement, your shareholders agreement that obligates your investors to let your compliance officer know immediately when any of their items of reported data change so that you have time to file your amendment. For users of the FinCEN report company, filing an amendment is a, is a one click. Uh, we alert you when data changes and you can file your amendment for one click, it's included in the subscription fee. We don't charge you anything for that. Uh, but if you're not using our system, you're going to have to develop your own tool to figure out how you're going to do that. And uh, God bless you as you do that. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but what what you're, um, and just to be clear on what you're talking about. So um, if um, 
the John Ray company, I've got an investor that's a beneficial owner and that beneficial owner changes their dress. You know, my company's a, a, a client of the FinCEN uh, company. They go in, change their information, and I get notified through FinCEN, right, that uh, one of my beneficial owners has changed their information, and all I've got to do is hit a button, and the, the report that changes that information gets submitted to the U.S. Treasury. That's right. That's exactly what our software does. Okay. In, in the situation you describe, when the individual investor uh, inputs the, the data to their personal data locker, the software notifies every company that they're connected to it's inside our system mm-hmm. that that individual has had a change in data and it allows every one of those companies, if they've paid for their subscription to click a button to immediately file their amendment with, uh, with the U S treasury department with FinCEN. Yeah. Wow. Great work from Jonathan Wilson, folks. Jonathan is, uh, not only a business attorney with, uh, uh, Taylor English, but he also is the co-founder CEO, CEO of the FinCEN report company. Jonathan, this has been great. I can't imagine there aren't some folks that are um, um, not just want to get information, but maybe desperate to get information after hearing, hearing about what, what they're going to have to be dealing with and what it's going to take to comply. So let's give them directions. That's right. So the, the best way to contact me is through the website, which is F-I-N-C-E-N-Report.com, FinCENReport.com. My address is jwilson at FinCENReport.com. Drop me a line there and I will respond. And uh, on our website, we have lots of tutorials and, uh, and videos that explain even, in even more detail how this stuff works. So uh, reach out to us and we're happy to help. Terrific. Jonathan Wilson, thanks so much for the great work you're doing. We appreciate you. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If you have got uh, administrative tasks or bookkeeping, um, maybe some marketing issues in your business that you're really spending too much time on at the expense of working with clients and potential clients, I've got a suggestion for you. Give the folks at Office Angels a call. Office Angels is not a temp agency or a placement firm. They match a business owner's support needs with angels who have the talent and experience necessary to do the work that's uh, essential to creating and maintaining a successful small business. I know that myself personally. I know that personally because I do business with Office Angels myself. Um, They lend a hand when needed, and they fly off when the job is done. So give SES Cabido over there at Office Angels a call, 770-442-9246, or go to officeangels.us to learn more, and you'll be glad you did. Uh, And, folks, just a quick uh, reminder and a thank you. North Fulton Business Radio can be found on all the major podcast apps. We would love it if you would subscribe to the show. North Fulton Business Radio is a search term. Uh, We'd be honored if you would do that. And we uh, thank you. Uh, Thank you for your support you've given us on these uh, almost seven years now uh, of uh, the North Fulton Business Radio studio being open and uh, this show coming up on 600 episodes. Uh, We've gotten this far because of your support. And one of the things that you have done that we wish you would continue to do is share the show. So if you've heard something here, I can't imagine that you haven't, that makes you want to share the show with someone that needs to know this information from Jonathan, please do so. And that goes for any of our other shows. Uh, We are here to celebrate the work of great business leaders like Jonathan and some of the other, uh, and all the other 900 guests that we've had on the show over this uh, almost seven years. So If you could help us help them, 
uh, we'd be grateful for your continued support in that regard. So for my guest, Jonathan Wilson, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.